name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. I'm the moon. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. Well, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you a nice train. <laughs> Welcome to Double Oz 7 for our September episode. Maybe one of multiple September episodes, but an episode we've been teasing for several months here as we are returning to rankings, just not mine and Ben's rankings, because we've decided to cut Ben out of it. We are tired of telling him to drop dead. It's time for us to find somebody brand new to drop dead. And no, Noah has not been kicked off the show, but we do have a temporary co-host this week as we're bringing on our uh, sister show co-host, Anthony Rossi, to go through his rankings of the 25 Bond movies as one extra one will be in here. And um, we're going to, I guess, break this down the way we normally do in the rankings, except it's just me one man's. And this is kind of a fun project because... Ben and I have talked for a long time about getting other people watching the Bond movies and seeing what their opinions are. So uh, we finally get to see if anybody agrees with Ben, um, which I find doubtful. My name is Colin, and uh, Rossi, you're the new Noah. My name is Ben, and Baha! My name is... Bond. James Bond. <laughs> the, the part of James Bond would play by Anthony Rossi. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Still better Sorry. than Timothy Dalton. <laughs> uh, can I just go back? My name is Colin, and Rossi still makes a better Bond than Timothy Dalton. All right. Ooh. On with the show. Um, so I guess the genesis of this came um, a couple of months ago when... Uh, Rossi, I guess you were watching through all the Bond movies. As you told us off air, it's actually taken you a year to get through all these. Uh, but you were saying like that as you looked at our rankings on 007, that it was drastically different from your own. And he, I said, well, send me a list. I'm interested to see what yours was. And I won't spoil it because, uh, <laughs> well, it'll be fun when we get there. But your number one was like, what? Like both Ben and I were like, what? And this honestly was something that Ben and I had talked about years ago probably before we even finished with all the original recaps as i was saying you know yeah i got jamie watching all these and ben was like you know and you know i i've you know shown these movies other people i think you even recorded segments with people ben where you watch them and i had a friend of mine that you know i've seen a couple of bond movies with and you know i'm like yeah maybe i can get his thoughts when i show him specter um and now we're finally here we're getting opinions other than our own uh and I think, Rossi, you were the one who even suggested, yeah, maybe we can get an episode out of going through my rankings. And both Ben and I thought it was a great idea. So, A, what drove you to rewatch all the Bond movies in the first place? And B, what drove you to come on this god-awful show to discuss your rankings? Well, I was interested because, obviously, A, I'm, like, talking with you about Amazing Race and Fire and all that stuff, like, regularly. And you always, like plug it like listen to double Oz seven you always like try and like get things in on the shows that i host or don't host or whatever so 
curiosity was piqued about like listening to it or going through some of your like looking at the posts you guys make and stuff like that so why i wanted to do it here a i don't know another james bond podcast uh but thank you i, mean, I was <laughs> finally intrigued to see what you guys had done said and you know all these kinds of things uh, and in terms of the bond movies i always was curious to watch them all because i'd never seen them all i mean i'm I only saw a few of them, like maybe less less than five or like like three or four or something like that. I've never seen them all. And I said, you know, it would be interesting to go from start to finish, see them all. And like some way, like four movies in or something like that. I was like, let me just rank them. And then I knew that you guys were doing rankings. So I was taking notes, comparing. And it was just really interesting to see how everything was different. Um, I didn't listen to everything that you guys talked about because those are hours long and I'm Nobody does, it's not fine. committing to watching all movies plus like 30, 60 hours of Bond podcasts. So, uh, but I, I still, I was just interested to see how everything stacked up, like what you guys liked. Um, obviously, I know there's some great discrepancies among the group of certain movies and I'm just curious to see like where I would fall and that's kind of where I landed today. And you watch this start to finish. Like, you started at Dr. No and worked your way up to Spectre, right? Yeah. And that included, like, some of the rewatches. Because I had seen, um, you know, like, Casino Royale with uh, Daniel Craig before. But, like, going back to rewatch it after seeing, you know, all the different other eras of the Bond actors and stuff like that. To see how things have changed along with, like, the changing of the filmmaking and stuff like that. And how, how it, to see the origins to, to now. So we'll, we could get this started right away here. Um, we're ranking 25 because you included Never Say Never Again in here, which is uh, going to be great to see where that ends up on the list as Ben's already threatened death if it wasn't last. And, um, well, you could tell us right away if it's last or not. So I guess start your countdown from 25 to 21, and then we'll kind of break in between for Ben and I to respond, either in disgust or applauding. Before I do it, can I ask what the deal... Why is that different? Why is it not like a... Well, Never Say Never Again, it wasn't made... Like, Eon Productions, who made all the Bond movies, uh, they weren't involved in that. Thunderball, uh, there was a dispute with the rights of Thunderball when Ian Fleming was originally working on it as a movie and not a book. So when they made the movie Thunderball, a different producer actually had the rights, and he was allowed to remake it at some point in the future. So in 83, it became the Battle of the Bonds, where Eon Productions was putting out like the, the actual canon James Bond movie with uh, you know Roger Moore Octopussy. And this sort of non-official remake of Thunderball, Never Say Never Again, was being made where Sean Connery coming back to the role. So it's sort of a semi-remake of Thunderball, but not part of the rest of the series. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Interesting history. <laughs> and the fact that uh, you asked that question shows what a bad movie Never Say Never Again is. It is not even identifiable <laughs> as a remake of Thunderball. Um, but uh, feel free to go ahead. Rank your 25 to 21. Um, all right. 25 will only hurt one of you. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Uh, Madonna and Halle Berry did not do it for me. <laughs> and, uh, yes. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Rossi, 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 Rossi. Just, I need to stop you for a second before we do. Let's play this. Yay! Oh! 
Oh. <laughs> Sorry, continue, Rossi. <laughs> okay, so 25 is die another day. Um, uh, 24, I know, is going to be incredibly controversial, but it is Goldfinger. Oh! What? what? <laughs> yes. What? I think that was my reaction when you sent me your 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 two thirds completed list too. What? <laughs> That's the worst opinion ever I on said... this show, and I'm on this show right now. <laughs> oh, die another day being in your top five is the worst opinion ever on the show. Five? Was it? Continue, Rossi. <laughs> um, twenty three. I have Doctor No. <gasps> Um, 22, I have Diamonds Are Forever. Ooh. No one's not happy about that one. And no, then... that's... <laughs> that's... That's... Ooh. <laughs> Ooh's Diamonds Are Forever being the bottom. That's like Noah. perpetually a bottom movie. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> and 21, I have Live and Let Die. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's too high. Um, <laughs> just out of curiosity, before we... You know, give some opinions on that um the the sean connery like the early connery's being low goldfinger and dr no i think those being the more controversial ones what was it about those that that didn't click for you well i feel like dr no was like a safe movie it almost it didn't feel like it was too outlandish it just felt very safe and i like i i appreciate it as like the welcoming entry for the the movie series and kind of the production of what Bond would become and is, it just felt very safe. So I like, there was nothing too special about it. Like I, like I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. I just didn't appreciate it as much as some of the other ones. Like there was a lot more show and a lot more like spice to some of the later ones that really piqued my interest. But Goldfinger, I just had the hardest time getting into it. Like there was, one thing I liked about the movie and the rest I just thought was so uninteresting. Like I like, just couldn't get behind it. Like it felt really forced for me. And I thought some of the gimmicks were kind of fake and I didn't like the feel of it. It just felt really weird to me. Can I, can I ask two questions? First of all, how much had Colin poisoned die another day for you before you actually watched it? <laughs> um, he talked a lot about being like a really awful movie, but I was weirdly expecting going in to like it more than he had told me. And you like, I was rank like, it lower than I do, which is great. <laughs> I, just, I just was really let down with a lot of the stuff. Like we talked about the, the fencing scene. That was really cool, but that's the only thing that it has for me. Like some really awful, it's like the peak like movie when cgi was coming out like that's what i think of like the ice palace collapsing was just atrocious to look at like some of the acting was horrible like it was just like so many things that i just could not like like that i couldn't put anything lower than that for me the other question is were you aware and i'm not like it's your opinion at the end of the day opinions like assholes we've all got one but I don't know why I had to bring that up, but like, were you aware that sort of Goldfinger is kind of like the the foundations for what a James Bond movie is? Like, kind of, if you think about how a James Bond movie should be, for the most part, kind of Goldfinger was the one that really set that framework. Were you aware of the history, I guess, of what Goldfinger is in the franchise? 
Um, maybe not specifically about the movie. I knew that it was loved because when I, Colin had, I think Colin said something or some, something triggered where I realized like that was a really controversial take for me. I don't know if it was looking at rankings or like if, like I said, if Colin said something, but I just, like, I can I understand that like, obviously so many people love it. I just couldn't get behind it. And so like, it makes it hard for me, even if it is this seminal film that everyone talks about as this like huge bond moment it was so hard for me to follow or to, to kind of get behind I just, I just need to add and what was the one wow. thing you said you did like about it oh i loved when like he came into the like, the hotel room or whatever and she was just dead covered in gold i thought that was mm-hmm. so cool and i thought like visually it was just like a crazy like unexpected like twist that like was really interesting to me but like outside of that, it's just like there's nothing that I was like, oh, that was cool. I love that. Mo-. Like that. Oh, that was great. Like, whereas I feel like a lot of the other movies I've seen, there was at least something where I was like behind it almost. Just just saying, just adding I the mean, fact it, that um, Goldfinger is going to be ranked lower than Moonraker and Never Say Never Again. But um, <laughs> just just putting that out there. Well, Goldfinger too. I mean, like you said, it's universally loved. I think there are probably four James Bond movies that. Anytime there's a list of what's the greatest James Bond movie of all time, you're probably guaranteed to see either GoldenEye, Spy Who Loved Me, From Russia With Love, or Goldfinger at the top. And Goldfinger, obviously, as Ben said, I mean, that was the movie that really made James Bond mania and became sort of the prototype for every movie that followed that. So I, mean, I, I kind of there is a cartoonish aspect to it that might fall into some of what you were saying with Die Another Day. But just from my own opinion you know i always loved goldfinger and then i got the chance to see it on a big screen once and and it was just an incredible experience like some of the stuff in there you wouldn't think it would matter whether you're watching a tv or not but it's just if to me it's always felt so big and maybe this is like uh like obviously that was one of the first films that was ever made which means it was also one of the first films i ever watched in this kind of trek of watching these movies like i haven't seen it multiple times i've only seen it the one time so maybe if i was to see some of these movies that i either thought i really loved like i really liked or didn't like like if it would change like i'm just wondering like maybe it's one of those things that i saw at the time and like yeah i thought it was the third worst movie when it was the third movie but like maybe it would change if i saw it again or something just wondering like maybe there's something to seeing these movies multiple times that would change my yes opinion um so let's except for die another day that'll stay (laughs) hang on sorry just can just before Uh, just colin just really quickly i just want to say one thing and that's that i really want to um just uh play this again stop it Uh, uh, this is why people don't want to come on our show uh, 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 i have the power shut up (laughs) um so let's get to Never Say Never Again and whatever uh, else is going to (laughs) fall from 20 to 16 here. Did you see my list? Because 20 is Never Say Never Again. Oh, thank God. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so 20, I've Never Say Never. Uh, 19, I have Quantum of Solace. Oh, God. Top 20? What? Sorry. I'll shut up. (laughs) I had Uh, it in the top 20. You're an idiot. (laughs) What am I going to? 16 16 okay 18 i have thunderball oh. <laughs> um, 
17, I have the world is not enough. Ah! What? <laughs> Get off our show! <laughs> Alright, thanks for having me. Bye. That hurts! <laughs> My heart is in pain! <laughs> It's only going to get worse, Ben. It can't get worse. That's and the best 16. Bond movie of all time. You got it at 17, you idiot. And um, 16, I have Spectre. Okay. So, I'm, I'm honestly, that grouping, even though like, I'm very opposed to Thunderball being that low, but I, I'm aware that Thunderball is either a love it or hate it movie. Like, people will often have that in their top fives. They'll often have it in their bottom fives. You you only live twice as similar to that as well. It's either you love it or you hate it. Um, Spectre is very similar too. You know, it's not really controversial to have it low. In all honesty, World is Not Enough. I mean, it's still ranked higher than most people rank World is Not Enough. It's just Ben and I are such big defenders of that movie. And I'd, I'd love to hear if you can point out anything about that movie that didn't work for you that does not have to do with Denise Richards. Because I think if you remove the small role of Denise Richards from that movie... It's a great movie. Like, what's your beef with World's Not Enough? Can someone, like, I'm, like, trying to refresh my memory. Can, like, So the oil pipeline, Electric King, you think that she's the Bond girl. She turns out to be the villain. She was with the the kidnapper all along. The submarine at the end. Judy Dan. Oh, I just, uh, I felt like they were teasing like a lot of things like the whole like electric king thing just caught like yes it was the big twist but it just felt like it was like the dynamics between some of the characters felt really weird like especially when she like was betting all that money at the casino or something like that like i remember like a lot of those scenes being weird and i think there was like no chemistry between bond and some of the other characters in this movie like like, you totally sound like Joey Lawrence there, Ben. Whoa! <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Rossi. Sorry. Sorry. And sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I've forgotten you. And obviously, uh, the Denise Richards uh, didn't help that as well. That's I think, fair. I don't know. I just think that there's a lot. And I didn't love the the male villain. I thought it, <gasps> that was weird, really not. I didn't like that. You just said Pierce Brosnan doesn't have chemistry with people. Like, just, 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 <laughs> just, 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 um, just, any other controversies there? I mean, Quantum of Solace, again, it's, it's probably around where I ranked it. I may have ranked it one or two spots higher than that. Um, Spectre. Think, uh, you've, you've picked the right Daniel Craig movies to be near the bottom of the list. I would just say that I think, um, you know, personal thoughts aside, I'm not a Thunderball fan. That's in my bottom five. Um, I don't rank Never Say Never Again because <laughs> it, uh, yeah. But um, Spectre is one that I personally defend a lot more than a lot of people because I think it's the best of the Daniel You're Craig idiot. movies because I'm an idiot. Um, but I, <laughs> I think that, yeah, that's probably justified for most people because I think Spectre's getting a lot of hate now, now that a few years have passed, so... Yeah. Uh, well, let's keep it going. We're going to go, I guess, uh, 15 to 11. All right. 15. Uh, Skyfall. Oh! <laughs> um, what? Jesus! 
I feel like somebody just killed one of my children. What did you do? Uh, you wanted this, not me. Nobody um, wanted this. People thought this would be logical, but you're listening to 007. Uh, why didn't you go on Spectre, etc.? My God. Continue. We'll have our uh, chance. Right, so 15 Skyfall, 14, a license to kill. Third. <sighs> Too high. Too high. Continue. 13, the spy who loved me. Oh, <laughs> That was our number one overall <laughs> on average from all three of us. Wow, 13th. Uh, 12, uh, Golden Knight. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Octopus people, and but Moonraker like... haven't even been listed yet. What is this? <laughs> all right. And 11? Is, am I doing 11? Yeah. Uh, 11 is the man with the golden gun. Oh. <laughs> okay, so... Um, first response, I'll just say. Man <laughs> with the golden gun. Um, I'm interested... Okay, t- before I even say anything else, what is it about Man with the Golden Gun that has it on the verge of the top 10 for you? Um, I'm doing a refresher. <laughs> uh, Christopher Lee, the, the villain the with the man, golden gun. Yeah, the golden gun. <laughs> is that with the... Like, the, Knack, the the... The, the little um, little person sidekick, the fun house. Yeah. Um, I just thought that there was like so much fun to that one. I thought that like it almost felt like a like a thriller type movie with the, sus- the suspense of like the first initial person getting killed mm-hmm. and then the sort of the the Nick character like playing up with the kind of suspense of it and sort of the like watching and the and the games of it all i thought that there was just a real fun to it because here's the thing man with the golden gun i mean i think i ranked it maybe like 14 or something i don't know ben if you have the rankings in front of you uh colin hilding you ranked the man with the golden gun at the number that was 17 okay 17 oh i, I would have thought i had it higher than that but um yeah the thing with man with the golden gun for me is that I actually get what you're saying because I think that there's so much good about that movie. It slightly misses for me in a lot of areas, but yet the funny thing is every time when we go through a lot of our other rankings, you're going to see Man with a Golden Gun in the top five for a lot for me. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I had Scaramanga, the villain, Christopher Lee, as my number two villain. I love Knickknack as a henchman. I love, you know, um, Mary Goodnight as a Bond girl. I, I love the theme song that most people hate. Uh, I think there's so many things about that movie that could have made it one of the great Bond movies of all time, and then just a couple things that fell short. Um, now, wow, GoldenEye, Skyfall, uh, what was the other one? Spy Who Loved Me. Spy Who Loved Me, yeah. It's funny because I said that there are like four Bond movies that – will almost always be at the top of any type of list. And, you know, and you've eliminated three of them before we hit the top ten. Uh, now, having said that, I, I guess it's fair to say you just gave a good case for defending what you liked about Man with the Golden Gun. These probably aren't movies that you dislike anything about, or am I wrong? Or any of these movies, do you have knocks against them here? Um, trying to think. I'm trying to refresh my memory as I'm doing this. Um, so, like, Skyfall... You know, that was the one where he went back to his home. The nice Home Alone ending. M dying. What? Oh, I... I... <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> you haven't seen it yet. I love Judy Dench, so, like, that that hurt. Correct answer. 
so that that's probably a lot of hurt from that. And I just thought that I think that the first, I mean, obvious by this point, but like the first Daniel Craig was his best. And I think that some of the later ones struggled to capture that same sort of like intent that like same love managed to match that same level. Did you like Silver as a Perhaps. villain, Javier Bardem? Uh, He's a creepy guy who like had his face like he took his teeth out and his face like bleach blonde hair, his face, face contorted. The gay villain, oh Mister Bond, the, the the one who tried to seduce Bond. What makes you think it's my first time? <laughs> oh, he was weird. <laughs> <laughs> he was number one on my villains list. <laughs> oh, I didn't like him. <gasps> oh. did you like Hannah Stokely? So, <laughs> duh, lady. <laughs> um. Ben, do you think it's fair to say that if those four movies that I mentioned are, are hi Casper, you're laughing at Rossi's list as exactly. well? Exactly, okay. Casper. Um, do, you, do you think it's fair to say, like, from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Spy Who Let Me, Golden Eye, those are like the top four on almost every list? That Skyfall would probably be the fifth choice, Ben. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that. I think. I mean, look. I will say, I think Skyfall, if you're watching it from a perspective of having, you know, like we talked a lot about how it's kind of an odd movie. It doesn't really feel like a James Bond movie, but you know you love it because it's different and it's unique. I know people who hate Skyfall because they're like, no, that is not a James Bond movie. It's so different. Um, So I can see that as a perspective. But um, yeah, I would agree with what you say, Colin. That's generally what the perspective is. And I'm just looking here at our average top 10 this is from noah colin and myself that seven of our top 10 have now been eliminated so um, wow thanks rossi uh. now um spy who loved me yeah that's like the ultimate roger moore movie that's kind of the bond movie that revived the series that was the one if you don't remember with the russian agent he fell in love with the submarine that ate other submarines um russian shit through the yellow the atlantis piping. the 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 underwater city that kind of rose up Atlantis and and the epic like uh, iconic maybe the greatest stunt in movie history with that jump the the skiing jump off the cliff with the Union Jack flag uh, anything against that movie or is it just sort of in the middle spot for a reason? Yeah, I didn't have anything against it. I liked the movie. I just the ones that made it above it. I, there was something I felt like there was something a little bit more to it for me. Uh, Like, I have nothing wrong with it. I thought it was a good movie. Like, I don't think it would have been in the upper half if if I didn't think it was. Like, I I would have put it lower if I... Clearly, based on the reactions I'm getting, (laughs) I could have put any movie anywhere and it would have gotten... But uh, I I liked it. I just liked the ones above it more. And there's a Timothy Dalton movie still to come. Like, I'm regretting doing this episode now. I'm... Hey... I'm hoping it's coming. Rossi, soon, Rossi, though. you will redeem yourself a lot if you if you get on the Timothy Dalton train because he, that train needs more people on it. Well, here I'm just going to say this too. Um, we all have our movies that we were big defenders of uh, that still have not come up yet. And Ben, I mean, he has not said a view to a kill, and you're like hey, one of the biggest defenders of a view to a kill. Good, good point. Uh, I like a view top, to a kill. Not top ten. Oh, he's a top ten. I can't by, remember where I put it. And by far. My favorite Bond movie of all time, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, hasn't been mentioned yet, so there's still hope. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies is still open. Tomorrow Never Dies, the best, Never the best Dies Brosnan. Wow, right. there's an interesting call. Anyway, sorry, Rossi. Yeah, so we, 
you've eliminated before we even move on you've eliminated uh all but one of the daniel craigs before the top 10 and all but one of the pierce brosnan's before the top 10 um so what are your thoughts overall on both brosnan and connery or not connery uh brosnan and um craig uh daniel craig feels the most different out of all of them mm-hmm. he feels more like Fast and the Furious action star <laughs> instead of like suave Bond man that I picture. Like when I think of Bond, I think of this really suave, like not super muscular, like more lean kind of guy that's like got a charisma. And I just smartest I think thing you Daniel said. Craig has like <laughs> what? That's the smartest thing you've said all episode. Sorry. <laughs> I just feel like Daniel Craig's a little bit off of that. Like, I feel like he's too macho, like, for the Bond role for me. I still like him, and obviously there's a movie that hasn't come up yet from his that yeah. I still think is a great movie. I just think in terms of the person. Um, and who's the other one? Brosnan. I like... Uh, did I... Li- what if I eliminated all but one, too? Yeah, you've only got Tomorrow Never Dies left. Um, yeah, I liked him, but I, I, I guess he got saddled with the worst like era for the movies i feel like <gasps> that's actually legitimately rough that's what everyone usually says like when when people talk yeah. about bros <laughs> seriously like that's the thing that generally they'll say goldeneye was great and then he got lumped with three other shit films that's generally the perception of brosnan nowadays because he was the die another day one right yeah 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 okay so yeah he got saddled with the bad era ouch but but <laughs> what's amazing to me is that you, you wouldn't say that about Roger Moore, like, here's here's my interesting point, because I don't disagree when people say that, even though I love the Brosnan movies. For me, Brosnan was the one who introduced me to Bond, and I think there's always something to be said for that. But he really only had four movies, and I think that's the other thing to say with Craig, is that he's had four movies, whereas Roger Moore had, what, seven? Connery had, I mean, if you're including Never Say Never Again, Connery had six, um, and Lazenby had one, but he's still up there, so... <laughs> I mean, maybe I think with both of those actors, Craig and Brosnan, if they had, I mean, Craig, we're going to get one more, but if they had a larger filmography, it wouldn't be looked at the same way because, in all honesty, Sean Connery made some garbage movies too. Um, one of them hasn't come up yet that I'm not a fan of at all on Rossi's list. Oh, yeah. But it's not like people are really outside of the original three Connery movies. Nobody really talks about. The, the, the latter three after that. And if that was his legacy, or if he had just had Goldfinger and then Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, Diamonds Are Forever, I guess seven movies, um, you know, he probably would be viewed in the same category as somebody like Brosnan. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> let's keep this going. I, I like our, our spit take reactions here. Uh, <laughs> Great. Ten to six so we're in the top 10 so we should be happy one way or the other but 10 to six um, we'll see ben's gonna have like a, a heart attack over here i think uh, are we doing we're do how many are we doing sorry 10 to six 10 to six all right so 10 the police are coming is the last of, of the big four and <gasps> from russia with love is my 10 wow. <laughs> um Colin, you're going to get hit with a, a double whammy because no! on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, eight is Tomorrow Never Dies. I'm satisfied with that. Six. Uh, I have The Living Daylights. Yeah. Oh, come on! Wait, is that seven or six? Oh, sorry. Seven. Sorry, my bad. Seven, I have Casino Royale. And then six, I have The Living Daylights. So, so, what? So, so, can I just, I just, I just, I just, I'm like, look, I'm just in shock because I have not heard the word Moonraker yet. And we're entering the top five. <laughs> um, okay, so, I mean, again, I, I, I defended you, Rossi. <laughs> you know this episode is going to be called Drop Dead Rossi now, right? Like... Yeah. Um, I, I even said, you know, these are all the top ten, so we should be happy regardless. And then you put up... Your lower half of the top ten is all the classics, and the Living Daylights is the highest among them. <laughs> um, but I will say, I mean, I love seeing Casino Royale there. For me, I I said how much of a big defender I was of, uh, well, I guess both Skyfall and The World Is Not Enough, and yet those don't make my top five. I mean, my top five, if memory serves me right, was Honor Majesty's Secret Service, From Russia with Love, Goldfinger, um, Casino Royale, and Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, so. Obviously, it gets to the point where it's tough to make the cut into the top five. But what is it about the Living Daylights with Timothy Dalton having zero humor, little charisma, a good opening act, and then him riding in a cello case down a hill and riding on horseback, shooting nothing, the dangerous Bond, who literally just fires his gun in the air and kills less people in that movie than any other Bond in history – what is it that puts that movie higher than Casino Royale, From Russia with Love, on Her Majesty's Secret Service? <laughs> you... He's trying to remember <laughs> Living Daylights. <laughs> I just gave you the reminder. Timothy Dulles is boring. <laughs> the Taliban. Uh, Bond hard... joins the Taliban. Yeah, Bond joins the Taliban. <laughs> it's hard for me to remember these because uh, uh, you're asking. And be like, uh, you've seen it once. Now tell me the whole thing <laughs> of why it's here. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. It was. Uh, it was on a the Google images is not helping me. <laughs> Google images. <laughs> Vaughn wrote a cello case down a hill. And I, I'm just going to say, a lot of people do put the Living Daylights in their top 10. I'm just. I, I ranked it higher than I thought I would when we did our overall rankings, and it was still in my bottom five, I think. If you haven't gathered, Rossi, Colin hates Timothy Dalton, okay? Like, <laughs> every time we rank it, like, it could be the the best Welsh James Bonds ever, and still Timothy Dalton would be last. Yes. Immediately he'd be first as well, because he he's the only one. He only movies, so. and that's too many. I like Timothy Dalton. Yay! Oh, correct on. answer. Okay, I'm just gonna say this: Jamie spent years, uh, even before we were married and after our, we were married. She spent years telling me Timothy Dalton was a great Bond. I don't like Pierce Brosnan, and it took years for her to admit that she was doing that just to get under my skin. <laughs> it also took her years to get pregnant from you. What's the point? <laughs> Well, maybe if she wasn't praising Timothy Dalton, I would have been in the mood more. (laughs) I want you to at least brag on Casino Royale, because you did rank that much higher than the other Daniel Craigs. I think that... I think that there's a lot of smart, 
like I think that was one of the first really for me like cinematic Bond movies like which is weird to say like um, I know that there's a lot of cinematography great cinematography and all like a lot of the other films but that was one of the first ones that really stood out to me as like now they're really making sort of like a film like it's not just like this sort of macho guy coming in and like killing people getting the girl and kind of it felt like more of like a movie in that sense and I think that it was really smart and how they did a lot of it with um the scenery but also the acting I think that uh Vespa is that her name yep Vespa yeah yeah she she was like a really interesting mechanic as how they like introduced her as like she's the really smart like helpful like side protagonist but then she like does something because she is like forced to and and, like i think that the plot of putting someone close to bond and then sort of taking um, her away from him stuff like that i think that was just handled well and i think that they really sold the like the intensity of the poker i think that there was like a real like magnetic quality about like trying to see if the guy was um bluffing or not and stuff like that i just thought that there was a lot of smart and like interesting stuff and i felt like it was it's just really successful for me and i like i really enjoy watching it do you buy the love story between bond <sighs> I was about and best friend i was meant to ask you, you believe they fell in love over like three days it's like a month and a half don't start this crap in three days <laughs> um, <laughs> i i would buy the love story. So. Oh. there because shut up, Rossi. Colin and I got a heated debate about love stories once in a movie. So that, wasn't that swept away? <laughs> wasn't I in that episode? Yeah, well? swept away. <laughs> but I knew here's they the were in love. Oh. Bond gets tortured. Now he's with her for three days before he's tortured. Then she's with him in the hospital for weeks afterwards, and Ben still believes that is not there a realistic is, amount of time for a love no story. Implication Yet- that is months. It is only a few days. Yet. He defends the love story in Titanic as being plausible when they know each other for a day and a half. When you're falling in love with either Kate Winslet or Leonardo DiCaprio, you're going to fall in love in like 40 hours. Shut up. If you're Eva Green and Daniel Craig, like, I don't care if you're straight, heterosexual, pansexual, whatever it is, you're in love with both of them by the end of three days. Well, I don't know who Daniel Craig is. It's Daniel Craig, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> were you North Americans Daniel pronounce Craig. your name correctly? <laughs> god damn it um rossi's on my side ben is the only person on the planet who thinks that it's unrealistic to fall in love and everything wrong with casino royale video the guy backs my point up and then he also forgets the fact that there are weeks in the hospital afterwards see i can't believe that rossi comes on the show with his opinion he takes my opinion and ben still thinks that he's right he doesn't even know what movie he wants he doesn't even remember the living daylight shut up yeah he remembered casino royale very well and he defended the love story he's got moonraker in the top five that says enough about his opinions (laughs) i'm excited for him to get to moonraker um we have to ask one more question here i guess unless ben has any others but (laughs) george lazenby his the one australian bond in our majesty's secret service people spent years hating on that movie just because of him um he's kind of had a bit of a comeback recently as he's embracing bond again uh please tell us your feelings on george elizabeth regardless of what they are i honestly don't remember too much specifically about the the actor like himself he 
I feel like he's fine for the role in terms of the Bond role that I talked about earlier, but he didn't leave a memorable impression. Like, if you hadn't said that he was, like, it was a different person, I probably wouldn't have remembered. And the love story between Bond and his soon-to-be wife in that, Tracy? Um... Was she the one who gets shot in the car? What? Yeah. Or no? <laughs> when does that happen? Wait, who who dies in the car? Is that the right. same She person? does die in the it car. Is. Ben's just... I'm being a dickhead. He walks out all the death. I'm being a <laughs> So this is the same character that dies later on or in, or in the same movie or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved her. I thought that Thank she you. was brilliant. Like... Like I was trying to think about like as I was ranking the movies who I liked as the the female like characters in the movie and like by far and away the top person for me. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and I just want to say they spend less time together in our on our Majesty's Secret Service than Bond and Vesper do in Casino Royale. Moving on, we're gonna do this one at a time now because we already know you got some crazy choices here in the top five, and I'm interested to. <laughs> Here, um, three of these thoughts on the- like even <laughs> the, even one that I like in the top five. Like, what's the fifth one? I can't remember what the fifth one is. Well, let's let's let Rossi count them down one at a time. So we'll do one at a time now. Go with your number five. Um, ben will be glad that it's finally locked in on the list now, and it's not in limbo still. The number five is Moonraker. I'm not happy because so it's Bond fifth. goes. <laughs> Where was it on your list, Ben? Last. That's the worst Bond movie in the history of Bond movies. Easily. Where was it on mine? Uh, you have it at eighteenth. Um, uh, Eighty. I would have thought I had a hot, that higher too. Overall, it was twenty first. Where was Noah? Twenty first on average, it was. Uh, Noah had I- it at thirteenth, uh, and that's why he's not on this episode. <laughs> um. Okay, so tell us what you love about Moonraker. Bond goes to space. In a small part oh, of the movie, Ben. It's two hours of not It doesn't matter. Space. If you turn around and have Bond molest a child, but it only happened in five seconds, it's still a terrible plot line. So the plot, like, it, Bond goes to space is not a sentence that should ever be it, uttered, and it did. But, Rossi, tell us about Moonraker. Uh, I feel like there were a lot of unique things done with this. I really liked the sequence when he's in that, like, gyro, like, the rotating thing, and it's, like, stuck going faster and faster, and, like, if it goes too fast, he'll die kind of thing. Like, I think that there are fun, unique things that were done to, like, twist the, like, hero in captivity kind of thing that Bond has been known for like oh the good guy gets caught and he's gonna get killed but somehow he gets out of it but I felt like it was just a fun twist on that um, I really like the the guy with the te- the metal teeth like I feel like oh, he was in some yeah. of the earlier movies and I like his reoccurrence in this one and I like that he al- he like falls in love with this random space woman <laughs> at the end of the movie <laughs> Like, I just love that um, a part of it. I really like uh, the Bond girl in this as well. I think that she was one of the top ones for me. <laughs> Holly Goodhead. <laughs> Nobody likes Holly Goodhead. I, okay. <laughs> Listen, you asked for my opinion. 
Touche. And I think the concept of going into space, yes, as, as short as it was, like, I think that that was, like, a fun, like, new way of doing something with a Bond movie, like, that had not been done yet. Like, I think that was just a an interesting way of handling it. And I think the it wasn't done, like, in an over-the-top... Um, not not was what I was trying to say. Um, Excuse me. You know, like hard to follow. Like I think that the, everything that they were talking about, like kind of tracks. Like I think that when it gets confusing for me, I'm just out. And I felt like this tracked well for me. Um, and it's not even the highest Roger Moore in your list too. So I'm going to be interested at the very end of this, kind of get your feelings on Moore and Connery since we talked the other bonds so far. Um, ben, anything you want to say on Moonraker you haven't said already? I I. I feel I'm being too mean to our guest on this episode, so I will... Uh, <laughs> our guest! <laughs> our, our very esteemed um, co-host of the Oz Network download now via iTunes and the other places. So, no, I've, I've said my piece. I'll just say this. Moonraker, when I first watched through the Bond movies, I didn't watch them in order. But this was probably in, like, maybe the first ten Bond movies I saw. And I remember the time thing, like, I love this movie. And it's one of these things that the more time passes and I, I guess I developed more of a taste for the pure spy Bond movies like Honor Majesty's Secret Service and From Russia With Love, which are my top two, that it slipped a little for me. For me. But like I think both Noah and I defended this as being an all-around fun movie. Like There's nothing that's not entertaining in this movie. So, um, Ben, you're wrong on that one. Uh, Rossi, <laughs> number four. I'm scared to even keep going. Uh, we've come this far. So number four is For Your Eyes Only. Oh, that's the one that I forgot. Like, I know the other ones. Yeah, okay. No. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I, I, I think we're beyond any reactions right now. Um, look, it's that's a middle of the range. I can't remember where I ranked that. But yeah, okay. I don't think it's the worst. I, had, I don't think it's the best. It's the Panama. No, I had it in my top ten. <laughs> Um, the Panama, it's the Panama of James. Bond. I had it sixteenth apparently, uh, but yeah, look, it's it's a fine movie. I think it was the. I know that there's another Roger Moore, maybe multiple Roger Moores that are still to come here, uh, but I, in my opinion, it was the last great Roger Moore movie. And every time the Bond series goes a little too over the top, the next one is like very gritty, very realistic. You had that with You Only Live Twice into Honor Majesty's Secret Service. We had that with Die Another Day in Casino Royale. And this was the only other time that happened when you go from Moonraker to For Your Eyes Only. So it's funny you got these two movies back-to-back too, even though they're complete polar opposites. Because this was like the back-to-basics Bond. I mean, there's almost no gadgets. I mean, the whole climax is Bond climbing a cliff and you know this, this small fight scene uh, on top of a mountain, which I think is great. I mean... I'm a huge defender of Fear Eyes Only. It was one of the last Bond movies I saw, but I still love it. But yeah, you've got a lot of more uh, here. We're at four, and I think there's multiple mores to come. Oh, quite illuminating, um, really, there, Rossi. <laughs> What's your number three? Um, number three is You Only Live Twice. <laughs> Which I think was in my bottom three. Um that was in our, Tell us what you like about this movie. 22nd overall. Is it the ninjas? <laughs> it was 22nd? 22nd yeah, overall so on our average. Us... Yeah, I had it at 20... Uh, no, I had it at 18. You had it at 21. No, we're at Okay, 18. so... Was it the ninjas? Um, the the girl in the bikini? 
<laughs> the the James Bond takes a bath and jokes about birds with chest hair, or was it James Bond turning Japanese that got you with this one? I thought it was a really like fun new kind of interpretation of like the Bond movies, like going over to Japan and having sort of the difference of like the culture of everything and uh like I thought that the storyline of the villains was interesting. I think that the set pieces were really cool. I liked all the characters in the movie. I think that um, the surprise, like, poisoning of that woman and stuff like that, like, I just thought that there was a lot of fun stuff that they had done with the movie, and it just didn't feel like it followed the... Like, it, it felt like I was on this ride that was different from some of the other movies that I'd seen up until this point. Hmm. You know what else is strange is that there are three movies that were directed by Lewis Gilbert. Um, Moonraker, You Only Live Twice, and Spy Who Loved Me. And Spy Who Loved Me, the one that everybody loves, was the <laughs> lowest of, on your list of that. Uh, but still, I mean, I guess I think the climax of this movie is perfect. Like, it is as good as Bond gets, as over the top as it is with the volcano and the ninjas and stuff like that and the rock and Bond almost going to space. Um it's just the story that I find like really sloppy and hard to follow and you know, characters I wasn't really invested in. But this is one of those movies that is polarizing where it's either in somebody's top five or it's in somebody's bottom five. So um, you've got it in the right spot, regardless of whichever side you're on. Uh, ben? <laughs> Baths? <laughs> Colin, just that, that just reminds you of, yes, our lovely bath conversation that we had on that episode. That was That made the best of, didn't it? Um, yeah, look, I'm not a fan of it. Um, but hey, the two in your top two, um, wow, uh, <laughs> just wow, could not be more opposite. I mean, look again, one of the movies you're going to put in there, Rossi, I actually like. I don't think I'd put it in my top two, but I'm probably the biggest defender of all three of us on this show of it because I think it's a lot of fun for what it is. But I'm, I've got a real feeling what your number one is going to be, and I'm pretty sure that's the one I thought was going to be number one from the very beginning. <laughs> Wait, we have two movies left. Yes. Um, I don't know if we missed one. I'll have maybe I missed one of his rankings earlier on. But uh, what's your number two? Number two. Uh, <laughs> it's Ben's Defender. It's a View to a Kill. Oh. Uh, what? What? Tell. I want to know why. Like Rossi, what is it that you like? Because like again, I like this movie. Um, but like you know, do you like Grandpa Bond? Do you like the quiche? Like um, <laughs> Mayday, my man. Uh, I mean, <laughs> How the Golden Gate Bridge. Actually, is it, is it Christopher Walken? Because he's a fantastic villain. <laughs> I think casting was really great. Uh, Christopher Walken's great. I think Grace Jones like is a really great like villain, like redemption story character to have. I think a lot of the set. I think the the bridge is like cheesy as it is. I think there was something like special to that. I thought there was a lot of intensity when they were trying to get the bomb out of the mine and stuff like that. I loved like bond at the, like the fancy party and he's trying to get like, information and stuff like that. And then later on he's at the, the like big club or something when their music is playing and then he's chasing after someone like chasing after Grace Jones and she gets away and stuff like, I think that there's just cool sequences and I guess I'm a big Roger Moore fan, so I think that um, it's funny because I, I don't think this is a great movie. I think the first half of the movie is quite bad, 
but I really do love the second half of the movie. I mean, this is uh, a step up from You Only Live Twice for me because You Only Live Twice had one really great sequence at the end. And I think this, you summarize, there's a lot of great sequences in this one. Um, I don't know about the burning of City Hall or Bond riding on a fire truck. California but, uh, Girls. California Girls, that's cool. The, the snowboarding opening, I actually really like. We both ranked that you know higher than we thought we would in our um, uh, pre-title sequence rankings. But yeah, like in some ways, even over a movie like Spy Who Loved Me or Moonraker, I still feel like this feels like the biggest Roger Moore movie. I mean, they pulled out all the stuff. We have somebody jumping off the Eiffel Tower. We have the fight on the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, I'm not as big of a defender of Christopher Walken as a villain, but uh, I know that's a controversial comment. But I feel like in some ways this movie gets so much hate just because of Roger Moore's age, and they overlook the fact that there is a lot of good stuff in the movie. I know you love it, Ben. I do. I mean, it's. I think I rank Christopher Walken very high on my. Was he in my top five? I think from memory. Um, Zoran on my villain list, but um, yeah, like I, I'm glad that there is somebody out there who will put it this high uh, because yeah, it doesn't get a lot of love of you to a kill. But it's always been one of my big guilty pleasures of the Bond. And I'm not the biggest Moore fan. Um, I've appreciated him a lot more, of course, since we've done this podcast and rip Roger Moore. But yeah. I. You mean after you killed him? After I killed Roger Moore, yes. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, it's funny. Just on the Roger Moore death thing. Um, yeah, hilarious. Roger Moore's that, dead. <laughs> no, I, we are bringing up Roger Moore. So, like, where I was t- telling Jamie about, you know, well, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about what our next episode is going to be. And I was, you know, reading this book and some of the thoughts they had on there about Roger Moore. And I was mentioning to her about, you know this resurgence in popularity of Moore, whereas five years ago, like, everybody hated Roger Moore for no reason whatsoever. And then I wouldn't even just say when he died. I mean, even before that, you know, there was this resurgence of popularity for him. But when I was bringing Roger Moore, she goes, is that the Bond that you guys killed? I'm like, thanks, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Rossi, are you aware that we killed Roger Moore? Do you know that story? Uh, no. So... Ben was getting ready to leave for his trip uh, traveling across America, and we were recording a commentary for Goldfinger uh, while he was, I think, waiting in the airport. And on that episode, Ben mentions, it's like, it's like isn't it interesting to think that, you know, a, a James Bond's going to die probably really soon? It's like, which one's it going to be? Is it going to be Sean Connery? Is it going to be Roger Moore? And we finished recording that. He hopped on a plane, and he landed on the plane and saw the news story that Roger Moore had died. So... Yep. Um, I think the first message I sent to you was, oh my god, we killed Roger Moore. (laughs) Yeah, and we recorded a tribute episode to Roger Moore, a great episode. You know, uh, Ben and I talked about more, and then Noah and I talked about more. Uh, And that ended up being, like, a most downloaded episode. Like, we got more than 10,000 downloads after we killed Roger Moore, um, which leads us to believe that if we really want ratings, we just got to kill another Bond. But, like, it's, um, the, but, the thing is that I think people like just the most... Uh, I don't even think it's hilarious. It's just one of those freaky moments because, like, this is, like, yeah. 100% legit. We are not making this up. We legitimately have a conversation talking about a James Bond actor going to die, and I'm on a metal tube for 14 hours with no access to the <laughs> world, news, anything. As soon as I turn my phone on and get internet access... Basically, the first thing that pops up my phone is that Roger Moore has died. And, like, I was just standing in LAX, basically, like, holy fuck, we killed him. And, like, it was just, like, it was just, <laughs> it was just, like, one of those really, really freaky moments in life. But you're like, holy crap, that is just beyond freaky. So now you got to tell us your number one movie. Um, I think I remember this when you sent the ring. I, I'd, 
sent it to I sent a screenshot to Ben of your rankings. I think he had a very strong reaction to this. Um, what's your number one? Uh, do I have to go for uh, it? You really do. Because I actually quite I quite like this movie. So go for it. Number one, I have Octopussy. <laughs> I can't help but laugh a little. But seriously, go on about it. I think there's a lot of like smart, subtle things about this movie that I really liked. I liked, I mean, like visually, I think it was really great. Like the the set was incredible. Like the the palace that they were in, the like the women were in, and all that was like great. I think that a lot of the sequences were fun. I think that like as silly and cheesy as it could look, I think that there was like a lo- little bit of like fun and like whimsy to the carnival stuff that we saw. I think. The characters, I feel like, are really interesting and developed. Like, I feel like there's layers to, like, what everyone's doing and thinking. I think um, uh, the chase sequence, like, through the, like, the town, I thought that was really cool. And, like, the subterfuge of, like, hiding behind, like, different things, like, to get away and sort of just kind of the playing that Bond does with some of the, the characters in it, I think, is just really, like sort of like high tier like it's really well done i think and and roger murray gets to be a clown (laughs) yeah that (laughs) cheesy but i think that there was something fun to it i think like it wasn't like this big serious thing i think it was just like a fun way of doing something new and the song how bad is the song come on all-time high yeah i don't remember but i can listen (laughs) to it now it's better, it's better with fart sounds, Rossi. Ben uh, re-edited our intro to the Octopussy recap with fart noises playing. Makes it so much better. Trust me. <laughs> um, see, this is what got me intrigued about doing this episode because uh, I, I love the idea. That Bond, the Bond series is so big. I mean, we're we're going to be going on our twenty fifth movie, or if you include Never Say Never Again, twenty sixth movie, uh, and. There is no way that anybody's list is going to be the same. And you're always going to have, like I said, you've got You Only Live Twice always at the top or always at the bottom. you got Thunderball always at the top or always at the bottom. It, occasionally you have Goldfinger and Dr. No at the bottom. Um, Dino of the Day always is, so there's, uh, other than Ben. But the fact that a taste could be so different what people are looking for for Bond. And every Bond movie is different. You have... The, the spy thrillers that I love, like From Russia with Love and um, Spy Who Loved Me, Casino Royale, Automatic Secret Service. By the way, where was From Russia with Love in your list? I thought that one was still to come, or did I miss that one? Ninth, wasn't it? Ten. That was ten. Tenth. From Russia with Love was ten? Oh, okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah, then I got hit with Automatic Secret Service after that. Uh, so, but then you'll have people who they actually really love the over-the-top cartoony stuff. And those are the people that love You Only Live Twice and Moonraker and Octopussy. And I'm not kidding. Like, I find more often than not now when you ask people their favorite Bond, Roger Moore's name comes up maybe more often than Sean Connery, it seems. And and I think there's just something about him being the polar opposite of what Daniel Craig is. And it's not about people not loving Daniel Craig. It's that we're so used to that style of Bond movies, and if you want something different, you're not going to find anything more different than the Roger Moores. And and you can love both, but it's the only era of Bond that was purely just about entertainment and fun. It wasn't about serious stories. I mean, even for your eyes only, it's not a very serious story. It's about a guy 
kidnapping a figure skater, you know, and, and stealing a decoding machine. Um, but there's something about the more movies that are just it's pure entertainment and he brought humor to it which even though people always fall back on the whole oh this is not the way that ian fleming wrote james bond people love james bond for what roger moore did so i mean i i love octopussy too i i i don't think it made my top 10 but i think it came pretty close if i remember right um and i i do think there's a couple of problems in the movie but overall, I remember being shocked because this is one of these movies where people made fun of. I think the the only knowledge I had going in was that Simpsons episode where you know it's a flash forward to when Lisa's getting married and Homer's meeting his future in laws who are British, and he goes, "You know what's great about you, British octopusy? I must have seen that movie twice." <laughs> and that sort of always gave me the idea that like octopusy was a dumb movie, and just the fact that it's called octopusy. But then I saw the movie. I'm like, this is actually really good, and it has a huge scale to it. I love the the nuclear bomb. You know, you have about six or seven vi- villains, and I still think Kamal Khan, uh, the main villain, is one of the best they have. And like you said, that palace thing at the end, yeah, it's really over the top with like circus performers and Q getting molested in a hot air balloon. But it's still fun, and there, I'm not really a fan of the Roger Moore. I completely get what you're saying that they played it straight. Personally, I think that's the problem when you have a guy in clown makeup and they're playing it straight. But that sort of sums up the movie. There's a lot of over-the-top stuff, but they still took the movie somewhat seriously, which is something Die Another Day didn't do. Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, Drop dead, Ben. I, I'd i said, what, For Your Eyes Only is the ultimate Panama. I, I've always kind of said Octopussy is just the... Let's let's bring up something from a couple weeks ago. The Romania of James Bond movies. <laughs> Again, you know it's there. There's nothing wrong with it. But you just don't talk about it that much. Um, I had Octopussy as like the fourth worst Bond. Um, yeah, it's just it just doesn't sit with me. I don't know. It's just it's not one that I enjoy, and I honestly do forget that it exists. I often always think you do go for um, uh, for your eyes only to um, a view to a kill. So, but eh, you know, each to their own. Rossi, you have a very unique take on these movies. So I think that adds something interesting. <laughs> you can actually hear him biting his tongue as he said that. Um, so talk, to, I guess, just a little bit in closing here about Connery and Moore, because those are the ones we haven't covered. I guess particularly Moore, because out of your top five, how many of them are Moore movies? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Four of them. Four. <laughs> well, Fear Eyes Only, Moonraker. Was Fear Eyes Only in the top ten? Yeah, Moonraker, Fear Eyes Only, A View to a Kill an Octopus. Yeah, so you only live twice. The only one in your top ten is not Roger Moore. So Sean Connery and I guess Roger Moore. I like I, I talked about like what I think the Bond person person should be in terms of like the suaveness and like I think that Roger Moore is that for me. Like I just see someone who has charm, has some charisma. Yeah, he's a bit serious and can be looked as a bit dull. I just but I think that the right physicality, the right sort of kind of demeanor, I think, that there is to what Bond is to me. And maybe that's just the way I interpret, like, James Bond. But I think that there's someone with charm who's also able to get stuff done and and take it serious but also be fun. I think that's what Roger Moore was for me, and I think that was the person that, like, stood out to me the most out of all the different actors that I saw across the board. Hmm. And Connery. And Connery. I struggle with Sean Connery in general as an actor. 
just because like I've seen many other movies not bond with him and it's just the same person is Sean Connery acting as another like acting as James or acting as Steve or acting as like Frank it's just him acting as so like I can never see the character of Bond hello I'm contractual thing when they remade Thunderball, they had to rename him Steve Bond. That was part of the, the, name's the Bond, deal. Steve Bond. <laughs> but like in other movies, like I still see the same person. Like I still see like I still see Sean Connery in all the movies, and I think that he never really has versatility as an actor. So it's hard for me to like get behind it. I think that they wanted this really suave guy to be this Bond character, and I think that they got like a really suave and like strong sex appeal like people love sean connery like i think that that's what they were going for but it just didn't land for me as like the bond like i still like him i just he's not the bond to me shocking well you definitely have a type of bond movie because um a lot of the ones that you top are kind of the which is what's funny because you have some of the more cartoonish bond movies in your top five and yet die another day is the very bottom so, Ben, that's got to tell you more than anything that Die Another Day really does suck. I, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's Rossi's opinions are the one that solidifies Die Another Day is sucking for me. Got it. Yep. I, 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 I do struggle to defend him putting... Um, well, not de- I don't struggle him defending him putting Die Another Day at the bottom, but I do question when the next two are Goldfinger and Dr. No, but... Whatever, everybody's got their own opinions. And this is, like, it's a really cool experiment because I would love to do this with other people and find out what their favorite Bond movies are. You know, I already know that, like, Jamie, she's not going to remember any of these because she watched them years ago. Uh, But she has some preferences where I'm like, really? You like that movie? And then other ones where, like, even something like Goldeneye. Jamie was not crazy about Goldeneye at all. Divorce Um, her! I'll also say that Jamie will always say her favorite Star Wars is the Phantom Menace and her favorite Batman is Batman and Robin. <laughs> and those aren't her messing with me. That's actually just her opinion. So Batman it would be fun to get this with other people on here too. But no, actually, I, I, I love the idea about hearing other people's Bond rankings too. So we're not going to bring everybody on, not all of our listeners. You know, maybe somebody who but it wouldn't take as long. Deliver some good drama like Rossi, but. I mean, we'd do it in I think week. there's something like, interesting about like. I, I spend no time thinking about, like, James Bond on a date. Like, like I'm not invested in, like, I, like if you didn't tell me Roger Moore died, I wouldn't have known. Kind of stuff like that. I don't, like, Wait, fo- I don't, like, track. I'm not, like, up to date with, like, you know, like, how the villains of Bond or through this Spectre organization and, like, all this. Like, I don't follow that as much. So, like, I'm just kind of watching them as, like, movies to enjoy and trying to see, like, what I like, what I don't like and stuff like that. So, like, there's obviously going to be a difference of values. Like you guys are like really invested in like trying to like track the stories and like the characters and all that. Like where I'm just kind of like, I'm just watching the film as it's kind of standalone, like trying to learn it. Like, Oh, I like that. No, that was weird. I didn't like that. And stuff like that. So obviously that's kind of where, so in other words, at least for me, a lot of it's different for you guys. You have a life, Rossi. That's what you're trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) You have friends. Yeah. I have not dedicated (laughs) infinite hours to ranking and commentating and <laughs> listening to killing. music of Bond. Friends, a social killing. life. Yeah, I'm not killing. killing any actors. An education. <laughs> uh, all the fun things in life but we what, all should have. 
what would be your movie franchise where you would get that invested into ranking everything? Um, I don't know that. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer. So Jonathan Taylor Thomas <laughs> continued. extended universe. Yeah. <laughs> the film. Yeah, the B. Arthur. <laughs> um, yeah, extended yeah, I would rank the JTT movies and watch them to see which is the best JTT and like where he shines. Like that would be. Well, let's clearly the Lion King put it on the at list. the top. Followed by Wild America, followed by Man of the House, followed by the rest. Don't forget Tom and Huck. That's not just the rest. Eh. Um, no, this was a cool experiment. I was glad we did this, um, despite Goldfinger ending up where it was. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll revisit this at some point in the future. Um, ben, do you want to kind of tease with our other episode? Because we're, we're typically doing these once a month, but... We are going to have, I guess, a mid-month episode, fingers crossed. Do you want to tease what's potentially coming up as our next episode? Well, we um, have a, a long-running joke on this show, I guess, that I can't read. Um, and let's be honest, <laughs> it, it's not a joke. I can't read. But for some reason, our next episode involves me potentially reading. Um, there's been a, a new book has been released uh, by an Argentinian author and i'm not going to try and pronounce his name right now because i'm going to have to practice that until we get him on the show because um i'll butcher it uh and he wrote a book about basically pierce brosnan's days as james bond it's called the bond of the millennium the days of pierce brosnan as james bond and uh he had previously written a book on golden eye kind of uh tracking the the history around the movie sort of its impact as well as sort of the the video game as well so um we saw this being released uh colin's gone ahead and bought it and read most of it i think i've ordered it i'm just waiting for it to arrive so we're going to read it and then we've uh, got him lined up to come on as a guest to interview him about i guess uh this book and why pierce brosnan is the greatest james bond of all time basically so and colin messaged me when he started reading this book and i think you the the words you said to me was this guy's going to be our new best friend so yeah (laughs) um yes so I'm looking forward to it because, yeah, yeah uh, you know, Rossi, to put that into context, we did a Bond ranking episode a couple of years ago. And to me, personally, Pierce Brosnan is the greatest James Bond of all time. So I am very much looking forward to talking to uh, Nicholas about this and his book, which everyone should go and buy right now. Go and buy The Bond of the New Millennium. Or The Bond of the Millennium, I should say. And I mean, even though Connery is my number one Bond, I mean, I, I picked Pierce Brosnan to be my number two. And part of that is as soon as I started reading this book, I realized like this is a guy who literally is coming from exactly where we're coming from. He was introduced to the Bond movies through Brosnan. And for that reason, he basically he makes his life on defending Pierce Brosnan. And one of the best things I can't wait to ask him about is like the the opinion similar I was talking about, like everybody hated Roger Moore for a while and now they love him. And that Pierce Brosnan is sort of caught in that weird time period right now where it's cool to hate on brosnan but a time's going to come when everybody appreciates him and i think so far i'm about four or five chapters into the book and it is really interesting the way he breaks down okay let's talk about the stories for these movies now let's talk about the behind the scenes stuff so uh we haven't actually had an interview on here since we had robert davi the villain from license to kill so uh oh i guess not since anthony rossi um, Poor rossi we're just bringing tons of <laughs> tons of interviews here um but we'll be back for that hopefully in a couple of weeks, maybe not even completely a month, um, as long as it all works out okay. And then following that, we're either going to be back to rankings again or commentaries. And one of these days, we'll bring Noah back on the show. And I guess there's also Possibly. the small matter of 
the new title for the new James Bond movie, um, No Time oh, to that's Die. Right. Might have we to talk about that. No Time to Die. <laughs> we should mention that. I mean, how many episodes yeah. did we do on Spectre? Like 20? So I think we need to probably do 21 on well, No Time to Die. <laughs> we, I mean, we didn't mention it, but Rossi, let's let you get the first take. What do you think of the title for Bond 25, No Time to Die? Uh, the problem I have with these Bond titles, like so many of them sound the same. Like, Racist. Never, like, ne- like, <laughs> like how many, a time to, no time to die. Like, like living again. Like, it's just the same thing again. Like, I just can't keep track of them. That's like, fair. I care less but I love it. You do know it was meant to be called it, No Time to Die Another Day, right? No Time to Tomorrow Never Dies Another Day. Um, I, we, we went back and forth with this. I, I can't find the messages right now, but we came up with a million great combinations of titles. Uh, it is a typical Bond title, but I think that's what I love about it because I mean, I'm a huge defender of the Dana Craig movies, but like, let's be honest, as far as the titles go, I mean, Casino Royale... Ian Fleming hadn't really come up with the format of what he wanted Bond titles to be like at that point. And then we got Quantum of Solace, which, even though it's based on Ian Fleming's story, doesn't really sound like a Bond title. And then we got one-word titles like Skyfall and Spectre that really meant nothing uh, overall. And now we're getting a classic Bond title, which is great. Um, I mean, this is the last time we're going to see Daniel Craig. And I think with each step that they've made closer to those classic Bond movies by introducing humor and introducing Q back in there and money penny i think this could finally be the bond movie that really embraces the the connery roger moore style again i'm looking for i mean look we talked about this in our best 50 movies of all time um one on the oz network but i kind of you know the two franchises that i have to flip a coin whether or my favorite of all time is either star wars or james bond so the fact that we're going to be having... I mean, we had it in 2015, obviously. We had, what, Spectre and uh, Force Awakens came out within a month of each other. But this time we've got, what, about a four-month gap between them. But yeah. you and I are very busy right now going through all the Star Wars movies for the Oz Network. And then I think kind of as soon as we've done those, a lot of our focus will be doing a lot of our episodes in the lead-up to this. So and we, we do seriously hope to get Nola on and kind of bring back the original gang to, to talk about this because... I guess we didn't do an episode on it because we wasted an episode talking about obvious casting, which we all knew about. And we thought, well, let's do an episode on them announcing a title. Cool. How would have that gone? So I think trailer <laughs> trailer's probably due in the next couple of months. So uh, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll get to that probably when a trailer comes out. Yeah. So I mean, there's going to be about 16 episodes on No Time to Die by the time <laughs> it comes out. Um, and that, that spot, if Noah doesn't fill it, I mean, Rossi's already done his audition video here to, uh, to come in as a th- third co-host. Any chance of that ever happening, Rossi? I don't know if I'll live through another episode. <laughs> What's well, between you and Robert Darby? Strangle me through the computer. The heat you took is nothing compared to what Ben takes every Rossi, time we rank things. Rossi, like, <laughs> There's a reason. Mate. That our first rankings episode was called Drop Dead Ben. I'm telling you now, Rossi, you, you got off easy, my friend. Like, you need to go back yeah. and listen <laughs> to the crap I got. Even the Die Another Day episode you need to listen to. Uh, like, just just for the pure factor that I, I should be in a body bag with the amount of beatings I get on this show. <laughs> You're not going to get him to sympathize with you by talking about... And even in the Die Another Day episode, they were so mean to me. <laughs> when we did the Die Another Day commentary, I was sitting in Colin's living room, and he's... Casper as a baby then was, like, bawling his eyes out, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Ben's movie made my baby cry. 
You didn't cry any tears during Die Another Day, did you? Uh, only tears of joy when it was over. <laughs> <laughs> Drop <Thank> dead, Rossi. <laughs> Uh, so we will be back um, in a couple of weeks, hopefully, with a nice interview uh, and a lot of talk on the Brosnan era, and then back into our usual antics after that, and eventually we'll be back for No Time to Die. Uh, so we will leave you now. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or even on those, I don't know. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We do not have an Instagram, so send us some nice stuff to put on a potential Instagram page one day, you know, some... <laughs> Some memes of Ben dropping dead or something like that <laughs> instead of Roger Moore. <laughs> um, my name is Colin, and just for old time's sake, drop dead, Ben. And my name is Ben, and what a quite illuminating rankings you have there, Rossi. And uh, my name is Rossi, and long live Octopussy. <laughs> All I wanted was the sweet sensation that I had no intention to do the things we've done. Funny how it always goes. I love when you don't look, you find.